Welcome to the Abbey Talks podcast series with myself, Lisa Farley, coordinator of the talk series here at the Abbey. In this podcast, theatre maker and shapeshifter Michael Murphy talks to writer and director Enda Walsh about landmark production and Galway International Arts Festival in association with the Abbey Theatre's new production of Bally Turk, which is about to land on the Abbey stage and will run until March 11th. That's only nine performances. Come on in. The water's lovely. In this podcast, Michael and Enda talk about the private universes of Bally Turk, about harnessing the seismic energy of the rehearsal room and how to capture the sense of a feeling. They talk of Arlington, of developing form, the effect of Emma Martin's work and the value of the sideways look. Michael interrogates what it is to perform in these plays, the physical feats and ankles involved, mental batterings and the contract with the audience. But sure, how about I get out of the way and let them talk to you? Enjoy this podcast. Hello, you're welcome to the Abbey Talk series. Uh, my name is Michael Murphy and I'm here with uh, my friend Enda Walsh. Hello there, everyone. Hello, everyone. Uh, and today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, our work, our working relationship, uh, also about our personal relationship, so that'll be stuff that'll need to be edited out. Jesus. And uh, um, we're going to talk... We're recording this from bed, obviously. Yes, we're obviously in bed together doing this. And we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, our work... Uh, that's in the Abbey at the moment, uh, Ballyturk. Uh, could be a disaster, but we'll see how we go. I've written some <laughs> questions, actually, and <laughs> some intellectual-sounding ones and probably some rubbish ones. So you're right? Yeah, go on. Okay. Uh, so I'm not going to start necessarily about asking you uh, about writing, because I think there's a lot of stuff out there about how you write in other interviews and sort of stuff like that. So I thought we'd concentrate a little bit more keenly on what you're doing at the moment uh, and what you'll be doing next. We'll talk about Ballyturk, I guess, and uh, we'll go on from there. So uh, we're in the Abbey. Uh, we're uh, looking down uh, from a wee booth at uh, the set for Ballyturk going in and you've just had Arlington in here so how does that feel Arlington and Ballyturk in the Abbey and the Walsh um, it feels good it feels great I mean I didn't have any as, as you know Michael I don't really have a sort of clear uh, thrust of uh, any sort of sense of uh, career or what the hell I'm doing or da 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 and no great ambition to play in places but um, but it's wonderful, and I sort of respond to the individuals within, sort of, um, you know, who I'm, sort of, whether they're sort of producers or uh, crew or, or artistic directors. But I was, um, I was very, very keen and, uh, and absolutely delighted when they, when they said, "Oh, do you fancy sort of coming in here and and doing a couple of shows?" I thought, "Oh God, it'd be awesome," because I'm very fond of Neil and Graham and excited to see what the hell they're going to do with the building in the next. You know, in this tenure, but already mm. you can sort of tell there's, you know, there's a lot of traffic, there's a lot of stuff going on in the theatre. So yeah, I wanted to be part of that, I suppose. Yeah, it's kind of exciting for us as well to be in here with a bunch of other shows that are turning over so quickly, with the Druid Gatto and with uh, Dublin by Lamplight. Yeah, um, can we talk a little bit about uh, Ballyturk? Because some of the people listening will, will more particularly want to know about the shows that are here at the moment. So Ballyturk, yeah. where did that come from? Um, it came from. Uh, came let me think it came from well it came from two things it came from an initial sort of image that i saw when i was doing uh, mr man in, with killian in uh, new york and killian was uh, acting he was acting sort of <laughs> away we were running something in tech and uh, and killian was like in the middle of something arguing with uh, his mother who was on it on a sort of a reel to reel and uh, and right beside him, uh, Emma Fox was fixing the leg of the table, and, uh, and I just roared laughing. I thought, I thought, I thought, oh, that's there's something about that of watching sort of two people in close proximity to one another who feel as if they're in sort of separate universes. And um, 
so that actually sort of stayed with me as a sort of an idea for something else where you have on stage and in close proximity sort of two actors who uh, who feel as if they know everything about one another, but actually they don't know everything mm-hmm. wholly. And uh, and uh, so I wanted to do that. And I came it came from also a conversation that I had with my daughter at the time when she turned around to me, she said, oh, you know, do people die or does everyone die? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I said, yes, everyone dies. And I thought, well, maybe I'll sort of I'll do something about that. I'll do that thing about watching innocence being um, being broken and sort of death sort of arriving or the reality of, you know, life ending sort of arriving into a very innocent but very secretive, broken sort of space. You know, very complicated, mm. actually, sort of space. So, it was a bit what of age? That. What age was she when you asked? She asked you the question. Um, I think six or seven. And Bally Turk has a kind of naivety in it, for, you know, for the for the situation that the characters are in. Yeah. Did you write? Did you attend to her innocence in the question? You know, that she asked you. Yeah. Was that something that you chased down? Like, how could someone? you know, that age asked such a big question of you and how did you answer that question for her? I don't know. I don't know. Well, how I answered it is in, in, in the in the piece. And I think it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, you could sort of sum up Bally Turk and that, you know, it's, it's, it's a piece about what are you going to do with your life? Mm. You know, how are you going to sort of live your life and mm. how are you going to sort of use your time? And, um, but also that, you know, the extraordinary sort of thing of just getting on and getting on and knowing that actually we're sort of aging and we're soon going to die. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, the, I don't know, the the individual and the universe, this sort of sense of just being lost out in sort of space and and, and carrying on type of thing. And in term, But I think I, I, I captured, well, in, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a really, at times, just a ridiculously sort of fun, Piece, mm. and I mean, I wrote it for you and Killian on the on the back of like you know I'd sort of seen you together when you came out on Mister Man, and you were sort of you you were with us on Mister Man, and, and thrown around and being there, and I thought, and you know, and that conversation where you turn around to me and goes, oh, will you write me a play where I play fifty characters? <laughs> I went, okay, right. And Killian was going, what about a, what about a play where guys just where there's two guys and they just tell each other really <laughs> terrible gags for an hour and a half. And, and so there was a, all of that was in the in the in the mix, and I thought actually it would be great to see if I could write a pe- a, a piece mm. that could use both your sort of combined energies, which mm. is sort of which was seismic, mm. and mm. go and, and just and let that run itself and allow an audience really enjoy it, yeah, and then begin to sort of just just crush their heads a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you often write with actors in mind. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. is that? Does it help you to imagine like their physicality or their voices? Does that kind of thing, you know, is it good to imagine who you're going to cast? Does it keep your head going while you're writing? It, there's a bit of that. There's a bit about the physicalness of them, mm. of course, their voice and, and all that type of thing. But there's also there's something within you're, you're looking at the way they're sort of developing as actors and you're developing as a writer and you think, oh, God, what can we do next? Yeah. So there's a conversation that. And so that I could put it down in a piece and then sort of and come to so like someone like you and go, oh, can we? And then we'd figure it out in the rehearsal room and try and move the work sort of like, you know, onwards, you know, there's so and there's a lot of, you know, because, you know, we've made work together and, and I've worked with other p- people again and again. You know, it's all that thing is, that, you know, you have this sort of shared conversation and all that. But but also you're aware that, well, for me, it's that thing of like going, God, God we can't look back. Mm. Oh, just make sure that we don't, we're not, I mean, we can look sideways mm. on each side of us and we can look like, you know, two feet ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, but, and so when you're in a rehearsal room, that sort of sense of going, you know, oh, 
you can put you can push it forward and also you're 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 there you're, you're wanting to sort of have a you know an invest you're you're interested in people's souls if yeah. that doesn't sound too sort of like you know hippy dippy but there is a bit of that mm. and when we i remember just for people listening as well i remember that one of the first things that we did with Bally turk when you had this idea that you might write something for uh killian and myself uh that uh that we went into a room for a week in London yeah. and we basically uh, ran around the place like <laughs> lunatics for a week trying yeah. to kick some sort of, or trying to, I suppose, show you the kind of disposable energy that we yeah, had exactly. as a combination. Was that influential? Was it like was it a help to you to see the kind of physicalities that you're going to have? In yeah, this it was, and it was. It was. I've actually still got some of that on video. It's hilarious mm. because it was, and you think actually, you think oh, is this going to be of any sort of interest? But of course it is. You get used to sort of watching two actors sort of around one another, moving around one another. And and um, uh, you and also it's sort of, you know, you're used to sort of making work probably like, like that. But yeah. I think it was, it, was, it, was, it was fantastic for Killian to know that actually, you, you know, you're going to be at the beginning of something. Yeah. It's sort of like trying to sort of scratch something. Yeah. And then I'll go away and I'll write something and then we'll work on it again as we did for a week. And then I'll respond again to sort of what you're doing. You know, it's, yeah, it's sort of like, I mean, writing to me, I mean, I love being sort of solitary. And but like the more, you know, as I sort of get as I got older and I started sort of directing sort of stuff, too, I wanted to be around. I could see how um, sort of. Uh, malleable sort of like making work can be mm, you know it's mm. not just sort of me sort of sitting down and writing and coming in with all all of it worked out it's never been that really yeah. but but now it's sort of like oh yeah surely we should sort of begin sort of scratching it together and then sort of like you know responding to one another and da 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 and so now that we're uh, reviving Ballyturk so yeah. we no longer have Killian Murphy and we no longer have Stephen Ray for people listening we have Alwyn Fuera and Tig Murphy so is it interesting for you to go and revisit something like Ballyturk that was written I suppose with some certain people in mind and yeah. then has evolved and does it does it does it give you good excitement to see new people taking the same work and, and, and making it theirs yeah it's always about you, you know what it's like I always I, my favourite thing is actually sort of returning I mean I love making the work of course but returning Returning to something again when you and you when you return with different people is always sort of fascinating, mm. and yeah, the thing tonally begins to sort of change. And again, you know, like you know, work is made in the rehearsal room, you know, like and you're you're dealing with the sort of energies and sort of bodies and sensibilities of sort of people, completely different people, and you can watch the work change. And it's fascinating for me to sort of see that change or where sort of actors begin to sort of place different sort of definition. Mm. You know, it's so. You know, I get really, really jealous about like about actors. I go, you know, like because in the in the in the second, it's so massively creative, and you can spin on something, and words feel at time, you know, and even sort of directing feels at time, a little bit, you know, you know, you you, you sort of plod your way sort of through it, but you know, watching some so, something sort of like spin in a second or a half second or tonally hit the air but in a different way, yeah, you know, I really love it. Yeah, and does the, do you find when you're like now that you've started directing because you're bloody good at directing and getting better all the time with your mm. own work, especially like you have, a, you have a very strange and brilliant ability to separate yourself from being the writer. It's almost as if you didn't write the piece and that you're able to investigate the piece without your writer's hat on. Yeah. Like obviously you hear the rhythms of it and if something sounds off to you or something needs adjusting, you're the writer so you can actually write it and you can rewrite sentences in the room. Yeah. You rarely do yeah. as it happens. Uh, like I know from just my experience of working with, with well, with Farce, with Penelope, with New Electric Bullum, those plays come to the rehearsal room pretty much fully formed and there's very, very little 
editing done. There's very little rewriting done once you uh, once you get into the rehearsal room. That's true, but um, but actually the rhythm of things do change. And I, what I learned from an early play, my bed band, is that I had a I had a sort of an initial sort of like that's a very early play. I had a sort of initial rhythm sort of set out, mm. and it was very sort of much sort of set out. And actually, but as I, you know, as I sort of like went, through, I, I just realised that actually the the rhythm, the rhythm will sort of, it's it's not always defined by the writing. Mm. It's not. Uh, it will sort of the, the the room will will define the sort of the the piece. You yeah. think you know. So you leave, and I, you have to be. You have to be. I mean, I I do forget that I that I that I write it a lot of the time. Mm. You know, like it's. You know, when we did the new electric ballroom together, it was hilarious. I mean, I mean, you you guys were laughing. You're going, eh, you know, where I go, what does he, what does he mean by the and right this <laughs> and all this type of thing? You know, but but actually, but I do think that I think I you're responding to okay when you're directing, you're responding to what's in the sort of text, but also you're trying to uncover and trying to look back at the instinct it took for the writer to write what they sort of wrote. Yeah, and you know, like and actually that instinct and that sort of you know lots of sort of you know history and subtext and whatever all the big stuff yeah. is sort of in there now I I forget about that a yeah. lot of the time so it arrives as a script of words mm. and, and it's as much as sort of an investigation for me to go like okay what the hell with Arlington or whatever you know it's going okay go, what sort of headspace was I in in those three weeks when I wrote it Yes. now I forget about those three weeks and yes. it's just now words yeah. but like so we can all sort of investigate it together and then the instinct actually sort of begins to sort of show itself, and you go, "Okay, actually, that's what we're go- that's what we're sort of going mm. to be doing." Mm-mm-mm. I remember. Will you talk a little bit about uh, Sarah Kane? You had an encounter with her yeah. uh, one stage. You talked about uh, you, uh, asking her how her new play was coming. Right? Yeah, Tell us that story. I, yeah, and I think this is the way you know you you see. Yeah, we were. I met her in London, and I was a fan of hers. And I think Blasted was sort of already out, and maybe maybe Crave, maybe an early one of hers. Anyway, but I said to her, I said we were in a pub, and I said, "Oh." I how are you doing? He said, "Are you, are you, are you know, are you, are you working on anything? Are you writing anything?" And she said, "Oh no, I haven't written anything yet, but I can hum it." Yeah. And I went, "Oh God!" And that's actually, that's you know when. But we've talked about this before, you know, like, you know, it's you know, you know, like between the, you know, the the, the you know the words being a sort of a solid thing, and actors potentially sort of being sort of like a solid sort of like you know. The, you know, thing and the set being very, you know, very sort of like everything has that, and yet we're actually trying to manufacture and then sort of, you know, capture some sort of tonal thing, uh, something that's in the air. Yeah. And then we're trying to find that in the rehearsal room, and then we go come to an auditorium like this, and then we throw it in the air, and we're trying to, you know, grab a feeling. Yeah. And a lot of the time, you know, that sort of the instinct to sort of write a play does come from a sense of a real feeling, and you can. So when I sit down to sort of write something, I mean, it writes quickly because the feeling feels really, really, really strong. Yeah. You know, like the impulse to sort of like I wrote Arlington so so quickly last year, and I thought and I and I knew the sort of form of it, but it arrived out as do most of them, I, I think. You know, but the feeling of it is right. Yeah. I'm not interested in writing, you know, a good play or yeah. a sort of a An a well a well made yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. You know anything like that, but I'm all, only just about trying to sort of capture a sort of a sense and something in a, a rehearsal room, and then bring it to an auditorium, and then actually try and fill the auditorium with that yeah. feeling. Yeah, because that was the question I suppose I was going to follow with as well is like when you're writing, like can you describe or do you have a sense of what's happening when you're writing? I'd, and I mean that yeah. in the way of not what the play is about. I yeah. mean, like I mean, what what like what's happening? What are you trying to achieve? You know, I know, like from discussions we've had, that more and more your work is becoming 
uh, to a degree about trying to set something up with your writing that allows you achieve a certain type of atmosphere in yeah, an auditorium yeah, with yeah. your audience as opposed to actually trying to say something either intellectually or profound yeah. and or, 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 or reflect on something that's happening in society at the moment although I know that Arlington did yeah. particularly come out of out, out of a response to, to, to situations but like what's what's happening when you're writing what what's what's the kind of motor what's the kind of engine for you well I think it's sort of like talking about this over here mm, mm. and uh, and it's the over there that I'm sort of like I'm, I'm, I'm interested in. So as, it, as, you're, as I'm pushing my way through the piece, you know, you're amounting, you know, like, what, I've, what, I've, what I've learned, you know, sort of, you know, about, about what I'm trying to do is that I'm only ever interested in the second mm. and I'm pushing through the second. So I write sort of things in real time a lot of the time. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, so I'm pushing through the second with no sense of direction. But what's left behind me is sort of like is is real is 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 obviously sort of information and uh, you know the audience are learning, but the characters don't have a sense of where the hell they are going a lot yeah. of the time, yeah. and that and that makes for a very you know a very tense, and I don't yeah. a lot of the time. But what but 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 what I do is that I've I've got a sort of sense of where like a, a vague sense of what I'm gonna walk them through, yeah. you know, whether it's this you know like you know. Um, uh, allegorically, it feels like sort of like walking through, walking through and into this incredibly sort of darker and darker and darker and darker forest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, for, for for you know, when you write plays, and a lot of people would talk about your plays and talk about them in in that way, where they're quite dark and sometimes even people say quite bleak or whatever. Yeah, I find them incredibly uplifting. Yeah. All, always, always very uplifting. Yeah. <laughs> like there always there's always loads of you know inane and brilliant comedy smashed right up against something. Yeah. You know, very, very serious. You, you have a tendency, I know through my experience, if something even vaguely looks as if it's been said and said seriously, that something massively comic will be smashed right up against it as if you don't need to leave us the time to settle on something yeah. which is, you know, potentially profound. I also think that your plays, like, they resonate with people. So the effect of your plays, it doesn't finish in real time. Like, the plays are written in real time, but your experience of a, uh, of a play of yours in a theatre goes on for days after the experience of having seen it in the play. Like some plays we see wrap up in the time that you see them in the theatre. But yours tend to resonate for for a long time. Do you write intuitively all the time? Or do you sometimes know that you're going in to write about something and that then you end a Walsh it, then you put your layers of world of atmosphere yeah. on top of that idea that you want to talk about. Do uh, a little bit of both. I mean, sometimes I mean I do arri- I do arrive in with what I feel as if you know is an idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then and and then and then sometimes it is like I mean an, an actual you know and and I you know and I like what they knew like to Poland for something like a situation. Yes. You know like an idea and da da da. So that was sort of in my head, but but. You know, and so, yeah, so I think there is a little bit of that there, but a lot of it is sort of intuitive and a lot of it. And I, and I just sort of like allow that happen. I think it's sort of like mm. I feel. And know. do you ever do you ever think that having written a play, which has literally like burst out of you? Yeah. That retrospectively you think or, or you realize, yeah. I, th- I think that's what I was writing about. Yeah, all the time, you know, yeah. like actually sort of, well, I, with Arlington it was different because I knew that actually I needed to write that piece. Yeah. And I needed to write about that. I, I needed to write something positive about the human spirit and, and, you know, in you know, the world that we're living in sort of right now and da 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 and all that type of thing. So, so, but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't, 
you know, I didn't know with Bedbound, which is a, a play like, you know, a long time ago, I didn't know that actually what I was writing about was the first year of the Celtic Tiger. Yeah. But like I can sort of see that now or actually are sort of, you know, there are things I have to be sort of careful about. You know, I'm not going to talk too much about Ballyturk, but like, you know, I, I, I can see now what the hell I was sort of responding to. With you know, Turk, you know, yeah. because, you know, playwrights do live in the world and they don't just live in their imagination. Yeah. And they sort of, you know, you do find yourself sort of responding to something, you know, but like, but I I will do it, of course, on my terms and with my head. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not journalistic in that way. You yeah. Know? I don't want to sort of talk about the world in that way. I don't see the world. I don't feel the world out in that way. Yeah. And when I think of theatre, I think of that, that theatre d- is like a dream to me. Mm. It doesn't come to me in, 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 um, in, uh, in, plot and an A to Z sort of plot it comes to me in a little bit sort of more fractured mm. and a little bit like my eyes are all sort of blurry and I can barely sort of see it and it's coming to me in, in, in sort of strange sort of images and rhythms and all that type of thing But and what's, what's the attractive thing about theatre in terms of a form like I mean a creative form yeah if, you, if I said to you you could paint really well do you know what I mean? I, I, I could only, um, I couldn't begin to imagine what you might paint. But what I mean, why is theatre as a form, as a, as a way of this kind of creative communication with a bunch of people, uh, why is it the one that you uh, most like? Because it's sort of uncontrollable as much as sort of we put it out there and there is that sort of ceremony of doing it night after night. You're dealing with an audience who's sort of, you know, of their live their live sort of perception of it and their take on it. So, you know, you know, you're in an auditorium where whatever, 500, 1,000 people are riffing off what you're putting on stage. So, you, and I like that, you know, we're, we're, we're throwing out what we think the piece is about and they are sort of, you know, dancing in their heads, you know, like what, what their sort of sense of it. So it's the, the liveness of that mm. is always just, you know, I find really, really exciting. Yeah, do you and find yeah, it tense? I do. <laughs> the but first also, couple of shows. Yeah, no, no, I don't actually because I think there's sort of an audience turn up and I always sort of, you know, I always think, God, the audience have turned up, they've given over, they're not sort of sitting at home, they've given up, you know, their evening to come in and they're already willing it. They're willing yeah. it to work. They're willing their sort of imagination to sort of like, to they, they can pluck things sort of out. They can, they're, go- they're going to, you know, they're going to imagine it with us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I love that. I did a sort of, I don't know where I told you this, Mike, I did a workshop, like, um, a workshop. I did a class uh, in Ada's school, primary school, and I talked to a load of sort of, you know, seven-year-olds about, um, you know, uh, reading and um, uh, work and what it was to be a writer and all this sort of type of thing. And, uh, and, um, and this kid, this little bright boy goes, oh, yeah, well, what you, he was talking about imagination and what happens to your brain when you're looking at a film. And he goes, well, it's sort of film gives you everything. And it's sort of like an, and you feel as if, you know, you know, there's, you know, you know, that your, your, that your, your, your brain feels a little bit sort of like squashed because actually it's not being allowed to, to sort of imagine anything. And, uh, and he says, books are complete opposite because, you know, you've got all this space to sort of imagine and think you're not given anything and they're just sort of words. And, and theatre is sort of in between there, isn't it, Enda? <laughs> I mean, it sort of is, yeah. I said it because it's, and it's, and it's complicated what happens in a, in a theatre, you know, yeah. in the air. Um, Arlington and uh, Ballyturk were—they're uh, appearing in the order, the the, the counter orders which they were written. So yeah. ter- Ballyturk is a very, very high energy physical show for the actors, yeah. uh, which uh, which we I have to say myself and Ty really enjoy. But you do finish, you know, the run on Alwyn as well. You finish yeah. knackered. Yeah. Um, 
But you have a new development if in, in inverted commas, and that's that uh, sounds patronising already. But <laughs> uh, in Arlington, there's a sequence in Arlington which is uh, exclusively a, a dance choreographed yeah. dance piece, mm-hmm. and then you've made the last hotel subsequent to that as well, and that's an opera piece. Uh, so. You know, you're constantly interrogating what it is you need or how you need to situate yourself within the form that is the performance form of, yeah. of, of, of that interactivity with an audience in a theatre. Where are you going? You know what I mean? You know, what's going to what's going to happen next? I know you're about to do another yeah, opera I'm piece. Do another opera, but I don't know. I don't know particularly sort of where I'm going. And yeah. sometimes and I'm really, really I, so I don't know. And like, but I know that. You know, it's it was it was really great for me to do on. I was a big fan of of of, uh, of Emma's, and I really Emma Martin. I really wanted to work with her, and uh, and she uh, choreographed the sort of the central act in that. And I wanted to see the effect of that on 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 the on on my work and around that work, and also I oh, just wanted to see dance and you know be yeah. presented like that in a sort of in a theater to a theater audience and see the effect of that. Anyway, but I I really I I, I don't have any sort of sense of it. I just know that I can't go. I mean, I maybe I was talking to my brother on the phone the other day. And he goes, "Are you going to write like 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 a proper play again? You know, like an old play? Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you can you go back and write something like the Walworth Farce, or can you go can you go back and write those those which I always think are clockwork pieces for me? And when you talked about earlier on in terms of sort of like you know you know some plays actually just leave it all on the stage. You know, I I mean I I'm very fond of those three plays you know that we made um for druid and but i do think that there are plays that actually i i couldn't return to i couldn't i couldn't ever write a play like that again i've understood you know like you know that it doesn't all the answers don't have to be sort of there on stage it doesn't have to be sort of that clean yeah and it you know we can open it up a little bit more and And have you specific plays in mind of ones that you don't need to write again you don't need to write a type of play. A again. type of play. I think both. You know, I mean, I loved making them. I think the Walworth Ross and the New Electric Ballroom and, and Penelope were like great pieces that we sort of made. But it'd be very, very, you know. But when when we made, I, I suppose what when when I worked on Mister Man, it was a fantastic thing to work on. But actually, but when we when we made Ballyturk, I went, oh God, I'm, I'm never going back. I can't yeah. go back. Yeah, yeah. And that really changed everything. Yeah. And it changed sort of like. And also, you know, I just realised that actually, if I'm I'm a pretty good collaborator, yeah. and I'm looking at all the sort of collab- like my collaborators around me, and I'm going, oh God, we I have to use everything, all their sort of skills. I I can't actually just, and I would never do it anyway. But I'm not going to sort of arrive with everything closed down. Mm. I need to sort of open it up and make sort of, you know, theater just, just for for me, you know, like just 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 a, a, a different shape, a different form. And 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 how conscious of. Uh, are you of doing that? In other words, when you pass through a series of plays, like let's say the Walworth Farce and the Electric Bowl, yeah. followed by Penelope, do you have then? Are you wandering around, you know, thinking the next thing has to, you know, for me has to shift me or has to move me in terms of form, or or is, is it just beginning to happen? Do you look back now and say it evolved? I think it's do just. I think evolved? it's. I, I think I don't think you can push it. I, for me, I don't think you yeah. can sort of push it. Yeah. And you know, like, and a lot of the time, you just can I, I just go, well, just relax. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. If you know, like, if 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 it, if something doesn't arrive, but my sense of it is, is that like I I I I just allow allow this sort of thing happen. But you just I just know that I'm I can't I can't I can't go I can't really go back. Although sort of people will say to me, Oh God, but you've been writing the same play for sort of like twenty odd years, haven't you? And sort of yeah, thematically they're sort of or whatever or in terms of the sort of situation, but the form of it has always sort of like. Has changed, and you know, um, uh, so yeah, I've, 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 and, I, and I've no idea. I mean, 
and I'm not sort of particularly sort of concerned about it. I just I just know it will be what it will be. So yeah. I'm excited by it. I'm going to go sideways slightly, uh, just in terms of talking about the the work for the performers, uh, because Andy Walsh plays to be in them. Like I know I've been in a bunch mm. of them, but to be in them is just like nothing else uh, because you write so furiously that uh, and I know sometimes you actually don't even like the amount of words that you write but they're they're astonishing words for actors to have to use but also they're compulsive because you don't have space or time to develop any sort of a psychology for a character you just have to like I say sometimes facetiously to people that you just go where the guy tells you to go and you know say the lines as fast as you can because there's no thinking in it but uh, you like to write with uh, one of the things you said last week, actually, even in rehearsals, you said you like writing with the idea that you know that that the character at the end of the play is done. That that they uh, they arrive at the end of the play, and if you ask them, they will tell you that's all I have to give. You know, yeah. that there's no other place for character to go, if you like. Yeah. And on the Walworth Forest, you talked about wanting to make a play where the actors would be, you know, psychologically and physically like trashed Hurt, by yeah. the end of it. Yeah. yeah and it's a it's a, that's quite a that's quite a fantastic thing to say to an actor. Here here, have a go with this. So that's you know when you see um when you see the work in Arlington you know when you you know particularly uh, when you see Una's dance yeah. work in Arlington I I just can't conceive of how she can commit to that day on day and sometimes you know do yeah. two days in a row where she does matinees of that because it's an extraordinary feat yeah. physically yeah but uh, do you get a buzz out of uh, out of making work that that is that big an ask of an actor because I think. You know, to some extent, it, it actually goes out into the audience. The audience knows that that is almost unbearable or that is almost impossible just physically yeah, to keep at that, that. Because you see them and you know what it's like, you know, that you think. And I know, like, OK, for like for, with Ballyturk, because the speed of it, I always think of Ballyturk in terms of ankles. I go, yeah. oh, my God, look at the these poor guys ankles. <laughs> Whatever about the play, you think actually something's going to happen. I know when we made Mr. Man, one of the great things about Mr. Man that, you know, it was was actually you that that you thought there's a strong possibility that he's going to fall and break a leg. Yeah. And and that sort of threat, that sort of, that in being in the air amongst sort of everything else is just extraordinary. And also there's, you know, of just watching the rigour of someone, like, you know, like, and you know, it's, it's, you know, like putting, putting people not just through sort of physical exhaustion, but you know that actually sort of they're going to be a, a little bit sort of mentally battered by the end of it. Yeah. And I've do, an audience do sort of like, you know, respond to that. Now, that sounds incredibly sort of gratuitous, almost sort of pornographic, that actually you're going to rip them apart. And it's not always like that either. But but there is a, I suppose there, you know, I approach sort of theatre a lot of the time from a, a, an audience point of view of going, of looking at a set or looking at a, 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 an actor and going, well, or looking at a character and going, well, what is that character? And by the end of it, knowing, oh my God, that character has told me a lot, you mm-hmm. know, like, but... Uh, you know, like, and I, you know, you feel sort of like, you know, closer to them and la la la. And you've shared a very, you know, ex- an extraordinary moment in their life. Yes. You know, like, you know, like that's it's and I, I, I've always looked at theatre like that. Yeah. You know, you go to theatre to feel that sort of, to have that sort of cathartic sort of like a relationship. With and it. also also I like I, I love it because I think, you know, in a theatre you have possibly you know, an hour and a half, two hours access to this set of characters, if they are, they're working with that level of intensity, both psychologically and physically, I think you can't have that live experience 
in any other way. Do you no. know what I mean? Like, I mean, we we're usually talking about something. Usually talking, you're you're you're, you're uh, you, you talk about it as like crashing bin lids. You know, you bring yeah. people into a theatre and you start smashing bin lids, so that it's almost you know this cacophony of the intensity yeah. of us is pretty full on. But that's that's our gig to some extent. Like we, yeah. I, I don't think you like being um, pedestrian or any in any way passive about the way in which what you're going to ask them to assist at yeah. uh, is is put out there. And I think it's. Uh, it really is, is is of a huge value to actors, I think, sometimes to realise that they have expended that amount of energy and that if that amount of energy that you've expended with that amount of intensity goes out to an audience, that they're going to be rocked by it regardless. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, and it's and it's great. I mean, it's wonderful to see an actor just reach into themselves and fucking, you know, drag out sort of performances that they think. Because sometimes, well, you know, it's not, like sometimes you do have to sort of exhaust the sort of body to, to get to places of like, you know, you know, other places and, you know, like, um, and that's sort of, you know, that's what happens a lot like you know you know Hugh O'Connor I don't think he never done anything like that but I was like I was just going we just, listen we just have to break your body <laughs> to get you to do that speech at the end and I was like yeah. oh right okay and that's what it was like it was like just tearing him up it's yeah. like and an audience looking at that and then and then finally he's able to talk mm. he's just like it's sort of you know we're, and we we understand that as an audience too sort of you know we we get it. Yeah, I think sometimes with with the intensity of the work as well. Sometimes I think it's not that the, that you know that audiences are divided, but there's there's quite a there's quite a good sense from an audience when they come out of an end of watch play. That, you know, there are, there are two extremes. There are people yeah. who are blown away and who yeah. need to go for a walk afterwards and who don't really want to talk to people and don't yeah. want to sit down in a pub afterwards and analyze it straight away yeah. because it is affecting. It's not actually something that is intellectually you know that you can break down in twenty yeah. minutes after the show and say it's. Good, bad, or indifferent, and then on the other side, there are people who really <laughs> don't like it at all. Exactly. Uh, and I know, and I know, uh, it's not you don't set out to be divisive, but it's it's more uh, it's more interesting, eh? When it's when it is going to actually challenge people yeah, rather than do, be you, middle of the road. So. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I don't. I mean, I don't set out, and I don't set out to sort of bamboozle people. I mean, the work comes out the way the work comes yeah. out. But I always like. I've always been like hugely confident, as you know, and sort of, and also like of just going. Actually, that's it. Yeah, that's just you know like you either gonna sort of like it or not like it, and mm. and I don't care, actually. Yeah, you know like either way, I'm just sort of like offering this sort of work out there, and you know, and that's that's I mean, yeah, because I've I've always admired the the part of you that uh, that doesn't care, but not in a, not in a mean way, but in a way that is this is what I have to offer. I will offer this, and if you don't like it, I can't help that to to I a degree. Help. I can't yeah. help. Yeah, and and when people respond, like I mean, I remember you rang me at one stage after I don't know what it was, <laughs> but uh, and you asked you asked me had I seen a particular review of one of the papers in the English papers, and you were you were laughing, and I said, oh wow, is it good? And you said, no, no, it's terrible, and you laughed your head off. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's a, the, the best response in the sense that, like, I mean, you know, not caring what. People well, think it's sort critically. of like, and, and, but listen, but, but I know, I know, I know, and I, you know, it's I can, and I'm not being sort of like arrogant about sort yeah. of like stuff or all like that. I mean, I do just just think the work is the work, and I, yeah. I've always got it that people will like it, and some people won't like it. But I also sort of had that sort of that that sense sort of in me when 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 I'm making the work and all that type of thing is that I can see it myself. You know, like when when I made Arlington, like I thought, well, this is going to be hard for people, yeah, and this will sort of like th- this. A bit of this is going to alienate people, and they they just won't connect with it. But I know that I'm pushing the work for myself, and I know that I I need to sort of push them a little bit. Yeah. So they feel and it, and so they feel a little bit more sort of challenged by. It. Listen, there are many many people in the world, and sort of like and probably in Ireland who are making much more sort of difficult sort of work here. 
But, you know, like then, then and, and harder sort of work, you know, to understand than what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, like I'm part now of the sort of establishment, but I'm sort of but but I can only do what I'm sort of doing. And my sort of sense of it is actually like we should be actually challenging the audience. Yeah. And we should be sort of, you know, like, you know, I had a conversation with a writer sort of recently and I was telling you about this, but it's worth saying. And, uh, and, he, and he was and he's a writer director and he was saying and we were talking about sort of like, you know, previews and he's going, oh, yeah, I love the previews because you, you get a chance to sort of, you know, you know, listen to the audience and, you know, like and then begin to change the sort of, you know, the, you know, the play in relation to what the sort of audience are feeling. Mm. And I went, really? I said, that's really weird. I would never, ever sort of think that I think think if the audience are actually sort of directing the piece that, you know, then you've lost it. We need to be sort of like leading from the front. Yes, I care. That they're going to sort of like, you know, like that they're going to sort of stay with it and all that sort of thing. You know, you're going to lose people, that's for sure. Mm. But, you know, the first thing is to sort of make sure that the medium is being moved forward. I look, you look at visual arts and you think, Jesus, they've traveled so far, so yeah. much further than what we've traveled. Yeah, yeah. You know, music has as well and all that type of thing. Yeah. And theater has but you know but you 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 know at a, maybe at a sort of slower sort of pace yeah yeah we're you playing know, catch like, up and there's a little bit of that and you need to sort of like you know just keep on going at it yeah so uh, I'll have a couple more just before we finish just in terms of the writing things you've done a series of rooms yeah which are do you want to tell us do, do listeners just what they are in their essence and then just yeah. have a couple of questions for they're, you lar- they're large white boxes about the size of you know your average sort of um, sitting room I suppose whatever. yeah and from the outside, so they look like white boxes and you go in a door and you're in a very, very realistic space and like a, a you know, a little hotel room or um, or a kitchen or uh, I made one in a, in a, a little girl's um, bedroom, a six year old girl's bedroom. And you go in, you sit down and uh, in the in those rooms and then this audio starts and the audio sort of they all last about 12 and a half minutes or 13 minutes, no more than that. And I wanted to do them because um, uh I'm, I love, I, you know, I, I, I love meeting uh, people and I, lo- and I love creating sort of characters. And I thought, oh, God, wouldn't it be great if you just sort of arrived and you just felt as if you were massively connected mm-hmm. into the whole sort of sense of that sort of person. And um, and it's sort of it, it feels confessional. It feels like, you know, those things of like, you know, little confessional sort of boxes and all that sort of carry on. And uh, and they're quite sort of intense experiences, mm-hmm. um, uh, or not, or else they're just. But they're very sort of they're they're they sort of sweet things to make, and I get to meet these sort of like and hear these people and connect with them, and um, and I and I just decided about three years ago to make one every year, and you know and I don't know who the hell's going to sort of you know produce them all the time or whatever, but I'll just write them for myself. Just to do, and and then you know, eventually, I would love to see them all being done. Yeah, they're very, know. they're very, uh, um, they're really, really affecting. Yeah, uh, you know, because uh, I, I should explain that you know, it's a room the size of a, a standard room, and in the case of the hotel room, which I think was voiced by an old buggy. Yeah, um, you're in an actual hotel room where this man's story, which lasts for twelve minutes, may may have happened in the in that place and it, it, it's um quite apart from the fact that it's like a, an art installation it's an yeah. incre- it's a it's a it's a very different audience experience with a piece of your work or a piece of your thinking and and, and there might yeah. only be three people maximum three people allowed into that yeah. space at a time or whatever and they turn over you know every 12 minutes or whatever it is yeah so that's how you can get up your audience but I do it, allow myself in those places to almost sort of hold up my hand a little yeah. bit and allow myself write them. I allow myself sort of like so with 
pieces like Arlington and even Ballyturk, you know, like uh, the, what's on the page, and you're very nice to say actually, you know, they're 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 written well and all that type of thing. I I I care I care about the word, but like sometimes I don't care about it that much. I yes. just care more about the form. And here it's actually sort of I actually do spend a little bit of time not writing them, yeah, authoring yeah, yeah, them, yeah, or yeah, all yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. But I'm conscious that actually the word is what I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. Um, last thing. Uh, one or two last things about the about the form changes that happen, mm-hmm. and we've we've talked about those, and that they happen, you know, intuitively because it's just the next thing that's yeah. that's in you. Uh, the changes from you know plays like earlier plays like Bedbound, Walworth Farce, all those things, um, to things that now incorporate opera that have mm-hmm. this installation thing to them. Um, what do you think those changes of form are giving back to you then? In terms of being able to write, like I mean, is there? Yeah. Like, do you find new know avenues, yet. new engines? I don't for the know. I, I, I don't know yet because it's st- it still feels a little bit too early, yeah. and you know, like, and, and you have to give yourself a, a little bit of time not to think that out. In fact, just to walk the dog, and and hopefully the thing will sort of like work out. But I don't know. I don't know how it's actually sort of affecting the the actual the writing yes, of yeah, yeah. the sort of like the piece yeah I um, suppose like I mean in real terms being able to reflect in this conversation about things like Penelope New Electric Bottom and more of a farce like those things might be ten years old at this yeah. stage or almost ten years old is, is it now that ten years later that you're able to do you understand the value of those things oh, and yeah, it might definitely. be another five or six years before you realise the value of the operas exactly and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know so exactly I think there is that I mean I, I look at those sort of three pieces and, and, and they feel like time pieces to me they feel like yeah. time like what like uh, you know like clockwork pieces like they're they're tight and they're sort of like and then I look at sort of like the late like just the, the last couple of things and like it of which I think the last hotel the opera is a part of and um that Arlington and uh, and Bally Turk and I, I can feel that I've sort of broken that and but then I don't know where particularly it will go next yeah, yeah. other than you know like I'm reaching out to sort of collaborators and songwriters and wanting to work on a song cycle you know like where you know it's I don't know, but you know, my instinct is to sort of like just to go there for 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 a while and see, you know, how the hell it's going to affect me. Would you like to go to Ballyturk someday? Would I like to go to Ballyturk? Yeah. I am. I'm in it every bloody day, every Michael. Day. You every time I look at you in your underpants. I'm I'll there. finish with this one. Of all the people that we meet in Ballyturk, who yeah. would you like to hang out with? In Ballyturk? Yeah. Oh, I think probably. Mm. Uh, I think Marnie Re- Reynolds. <laughs> She's probably the most attractive. I'm not just saying that because I'm looking at you. But Thank no, you. I think probably her. Yeah, Marnie Reynolds is a sweet, <laughs> sweet woman. Okay, um, for those of you who have listened, thanks very much for listening to us. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.